Welcome to the Bespoke Buzz. Join me, Rebecca Russell, owner of Bespoke Vintage, as I chronicle my adventures in the historical and vintage clothing world. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Rebecca Russell, creator and owner of Bespoke Vintage. Today's podcast is my very first podcast, and I am super excited to introduce myself and to give you a little preview of the format for my upcoming shows. Why don't we jump right in? So many of you may already know me through my custom clothing shop, Bespoke Vintage. Some of you may even know me personally, but many of you don't. So I'll give you a quick and dirty background on me, and then we can get into the history of how I got into sewing and how this podcast is going to work. As mentioned in my intro, my name is Rebecca. Hi, I will be turning 49 this year. What? I really cannot believe it. Honestly, I can't believe it. 49. Okay, let's move on from that. I have four kids. My oldest is in his freshman year at UNC Chapel Hill. Woo, Tar Heels. My daughter is a junior in high school and a kick-ass, take-no-prisoners redhead. My once the baby, now the middle, is an eighth grader and our footballer. And then we have a just-turned four-year-old blonde wild child who is giving us all a run for our money. My hubby is an awesome patriot and Green Beret who will be retiring next summer and my biggest supporter in taking on this business endeavor. Every time I get scared and think I need to go back to the corporate world, he asks me, do you love what you are doing right now? And I say, yes, I love it. And he says, then shut up and keep sewing in the most loving way, of course. Okay, super quick background on me. I'm one of four kids myself. My dad was an Air Force Colonel. My mom was a high school English teacher. We moved around a lot growing up. Both sides of my family have been in the United States since the 1700s. I have an addiction to education, which I am hoping to get over soon. I have a BA in political science, two masters in education, and I have two classes left in my MBA, which I will receive this spring. Hallelujah. I love British murder mysteries. I plan to write some children's books about my wild son and his posse of daycare friends. And I love score candy bars and Dr. Peppers. I was a single mom to my three kids for eight years until I met my awesome husband, which obviously I have a son with now. And that's about it. Okay, let's move on to sewing. I've been sewing a really, really long time. Since I was about five years old, I learned to sew from my grandmother, Mickey, my mom's mom. She grew up during the Depression, and like so many people during that era, she just learned all those skills for making things herself, learning how to make things last, and just a lot of handiwork. In fact, her hands were one of the things I really remember about her. She had really rough, scratchy hands, and I would watch her sewing with those rough hands, and I would watch her cooking with those rough hands, and she would give all of us grandkids back rubs and back scratches with those rough hands, and that's when you could really feel just how scratchy and rough they really were. And I just really loved them. And I remember one time watching her sewing, asking her why her hands were so rough. Yep, I was that kid who just blurted things out like that. And I remember her telling me they were the mark of someone who had worked hard her whole life. She told me that rough hands were something to be proud of and that you should never want soft hands because it meant that you had been given everything in life and had never earned anything yourself. And that story really stuck with me, especially because... While my grandmother Mickey had these exceptionally rough, scratchy hands, she was probably the most gentle person you'd ever meet in your life. She was soft-spoken. She never raised her voice. She just had a gentle, loving soul. And you knew it the instant you met her and every moment you were around her. 
So learning to sew from this woman who had obviously been through so much and who had worked so hard with her hands and yet had the softest soul was just the biggest blessing and honor in my life. Being able to keep sewing and keep that skill going is really a tribute to her and to everything she was. And as I'm talking about her now, I know I'm going to do a whole podcast about her in the future because she's a freaking amazing woman. And there is way more about her and her sewing and her funny stories in life that I can tell. So definitely stay tuned for that. But back to the origins of my sewing. So I have a patron who asked a few questions about my sewing that I thought I would answer in this first podcast to give you a little background on me and just set the stage for some of the podcasts to come. So here's the first question. When did you first start sewing? Well, I already started answering that question a little bit, but I'll go into more detail. As I was saying before, my grandmother taught me to sew at a very early age. She sewed all of her clothes and all of my mother's clothes growing up, to my mother's complete embarrassment and horror, of course, and then made a lot of my older sisters in my clothes, too. So when my sister and I started spending summers with my grandmother when we were little, I just fell in love with the idea of sewing, watching my grandmother take flat pieces of cloth and turn them into three-dimensional pieces of clothing. It always looked like magic to me. So she saw I was interested and started me on these little plastic cards with these huge metal needles that you could put yarn in and basically sew shapes like flowers and butterflies. She gave them to my older sister too, but my sister would just hand them off to me and run off. She hated sewing. I loved it, and pretty soon I wanted to sew with real needles and real thread. So my grandmother gave me doll clothes and real needles and thread, and by the end of the summer, I had made a whole wardrobe for a little bear of mine. Now, they didn't look pretty, but I did it, and it was pretty cool. So basically, I started with hand sewing, and I hand sewed for years. My grandmother taught me how to roll a knot off the end of my finger, which was pretty amazing, and I remember teaching my kids how to do that for the first time. She taught me how to thread and double string a needle, she taught me how to hem and how to sew a buttonhole. She was extremely patient. And of course, thinking back now, I imagine it was a pretty great way to entertain an otherwise fairly hyper five-year-old who generally would never stop talking and running up and down the halls getting into trouble. That was me. When I was six and a half, my family moved to Japan. My dad was in the Air Force, so we left the United States and were away from my grandmother for three years. Well, I absolutely loved Japan, truly. It was an adventure, and I could probably talk for hours just on that topic. It was a pretty lonely time away from my grandmother for all of us. We couldn't bring much of our own things with us, but my mom did manage to bring her big cabinet sewing machine with her, which is ironic because I don't think I ever remember her using the sewing machine. It stayed at the foot of my parents' bed, and I think maybe she used it as a desk or a table. But I used to sneak into her room and try to use it. At some point, I think my mom realized it because I kept nodding up the bobbin. I literally had no idea how any of that worked. So in order to prevent me from totally breaking it, she showed me how to thread it and told me I could use it. Well, holy smokes, I was in heaven and there was no turning back for me now. I literally sewed everything I could get my hands on. I was cutting up our play clothes just so I could sew them back together into new creations. Mostly, I was making doll clothes and repairing things for my friends, but I was also hemming clothes for my family, which felt pretty cool. I just thought it was amazing. And at this point, I don't think I even knew patterns existed. I just cut things up and sewed them together from my mind. Now I'm in sixth grade and I've pretty much replaced 
hand sewing with machine sewing for mostly everything other than probably buttonholes. I don't think my machine did buttonholes at this point in time. Um, and I am binge watching the North and South TV miniseries with my best friends. You're probably wondering how I could binge watch anything in the 80s. Well, I taped it on VHS off the TV, carefully cutting out the commercials. And then I also audio taped it on cassette. That way I could watch it over and over again when I had access to our family TV and also listen to it on cassette over and over again at night on my boombox. Anyway, I decided I was in love with the Civil War era and I just had to make one of those dresses. This is when I think the history started um, getting intermixed with my sewing, my love of sewing. I think I went out and bought a Laura Ashley prom dress pattern. I recently saw it for sale on Etsy. Um, I have no idea what I did with mine and I haven't seen it since. Um, and that thing had so much tissue paper in it. I never wanted to cut out another pattern in my life after that. But I gathered up all of my allowance. I went to the mall because fabric stores used to be in every mall back then. And I bought yards of rustly red taffeta and white polyester lace. I went down to the basement, and as my mom likes to tell the story, I came up the next day with a completed Civil War dress. I am pretty sure, even at the time, I knew the red and white taffeta and lace monstrosity was a thing to behold. Um, but I suppose having created the whole thing myself at 11 was pretty impressive on some level. I do know that no pictures of that dress exist that I know of. I'm pretty sure I cut it up and either threw it away or turned it into something else. So in seventh grade, we moved to Virginia and it was the start of the 125th anniversary of the Civil War. So there were battles all over the place. Um, we were in Northern Virginia, right in the midst of it all. And Lord, I got the perfect storm of history and sewing combining for me. To make a long story short, I was able to immerse myself in studying the history of clothing. I spent hours and hours in the library. Remember, this was prior to the internet. And I found some historians who were extremely patient and very open to a young person with a genuine interest in historical clothing and sewing. Juanita Lesh of Who Wore What was so kind to me when I met her at an event at Fort Ward Historical Site in Virginia. She really inspired me to continue my interest when many people didn't take a young person in the hobby seriously. And it's always really stuck with me and continues to remind me to support everyone who's in that starting out phase because we are all beginners at some point. And in fact, really, we always remain beginners. We have to stay humble and remember that someone out there will always know more than we do and always have something to teach us. Okay, so next question. You said you were self-taught. How long did it take you to get to where you are now in your sewing profession? Yes, self-taught. Aside from my grandmother's instruction when I was very little, I never took any formal sewing classes. I did take a home ec class in seventh grade where I learned to, I believe, make a sweatshirt and a pillow. Funny story, that year at the awards assembly, they were announcing the HOMAC award. And I remember snickering to my friends about how embarrassing it would be to win the HOMAC award. And then they announced my name and I sat there so embarrassed. 
My friends burst out laughing and started pointing at me, and I was literally trying to crawl under the bleachers to sneak out of the gym. I was truly mortified. But to answer the question about how long it took me to get to where I am now, it took a long time. I mean, I've been sewing for many, many years. When I was in junior high and high school, I probably sewed every weekend um, and most nights. I was up until 2 a.m. most nights if I wasn't studying for school. I was a pretty studious kid. Um, I went to actually went to a science and tech high school, so I, I like to study. But when I wasn't studying, I was sewing. I'm painting a pretty bleak picture of myself, I think, but I, I had lots of friends. I did other things, but I sewed a lot. Honestly, my mom was constantly telling me to go to bed and get off the sewing machine. I, I don't think I slept much. I didn't do much sewing in college, but I married a Marine right out of school, and he was one of those stay-at-home-and-don't-work kind of Marines. So that was when I decided to start my historical sewing business the first time. The internet was pretty new, and at the time I loved web design, so I created a website and a paper catalog. I sketched all my own designs, and I printed off paper catalogs and mailed them to people. And I had my website, and I started sewing for customers. I really learned best by doing. I already had a pretty solid skill set at that point, and I had confidence in my abilities. So um, I started sewing for customers and I learned a lot. At that stage, there weren't very many reproduction patterns. Most of my work was in the 1770s and 1800s. I was doing a lot of Revolutionary War and Civil War reenacting customers. So I was creating a lot of my own patterns. I was flat drafting. I was working out of books like Janet Arnold's Patterns of Fashion. I was doing that daily and it really honed that skill. And it's one that to be honest, I've lost some of that skill over the years because now there are so many patterns available. I don't really have to draft the way I used to. One of those skills that if you don't keep current and you don't use, you definitely lose. So side note, that was a short-lived marriage and the costuming business gave way to a career in teaching and then in government contracting. Now I'm back to the business and a much better uh, marriage. So the way that life turns out, definitely you don't always have it planned out. So grading patterns, oof. Grading patterns still scares me. I don't really like to do it if I don't have to, to be honest, which probably means I need to do more of it. This is an area that if I were able to take a really good professional course in, I would love to. I know there are quite a few different techniques and when you're self-taught, a lot of times you miss out on some of the really easy things that you don't even realize are easy or that are out there and could be making your life easier. So having said that, it's probably something on my list. It's definitely something on my list to get better at for sure. Okay, last question. What is your daily schedule like for sewing? Schedules give me rashes. That's probably the easiest way to put it. And that drives everyone else around me crazy. I try really hard to make schedules and to stick to schedules, but I find that life just gets in the way nine times out of 10. So schedules are hard for me, especially when you've got lots of kids who like to get sick and have emergencies and have schedules that change too. Okay, in all seriousness, I have found that after a year of getting back into this business that a pattern is sort of developing in my business practices. To begin with, the day is framed out by getting the kids off to school and then when everyone gets home from school and work. So essentially, I have set work hours from nine to five as hard start and stop timeframes. 
There are times, however, when I've missed hours during the week due to unforeseen issues or appointments or just errands that need to be run that I will have to work in the evenings to get a project complete. That's really hard on the family. So I try not to let that happen too often. But like any job, sometimes you have to put in the extra hours because you lost time taking care of family earlier in the week. Generally, I find I work best when I get my computer work out of the way in the morning first. So if I have business things I need to do, like Patreon work, blogging, website updates, online shopping, etc., I try to knock that out first thing in the morning. Then I'll head up to my studio to sew. That way I've got all of the business stuff kind of out of my head and I'm clear to just um, sew and not have to think about anything else. I will say... If I were left to my own devices, I would probably sew late into the night. As I said, when I was younger, I did often sew late into the night. Sometimes that's because that's when I feel most creative, but I also think it sometimes is just kind of an obsession or or mania that can take over. I'm sure some of you can relate to this and you can find yourself sometimes making lots of little mistakes when you sew late at night. There were times when I would put a sleeve in backwards three or four times in a row and I would finally have to say, okay, that's it. You're stopping for tonight and picking this up for tomorrow. When I was looking for sewing quotes for this podcast, I came across one that actually fits this mentality perfectly. Sometimes I think maybe I should do something besides sew. Then I realized how silly I'm being and go back to sewing. So speaking of going back to sewing, I'm going to wrap up this first podcast, which has been lots of fun getting to introduce myself and talk about the history of how I got into sewing and let you get back to what you've been doing today. Be sure to tune into October's podcast where I will have the ever exciting and super vibrant guest, Beth Kuhar Miller of One Sweet Thread. You can find her on Instagram and on the web at onesweetthread.shop who will come in to talk about the difference between selling true vintage, what she does, and reproduction vintage, what I do. She's one of my besties, and we always have fun chatting about this kind of stuff. Be warned, though, there may be some swear words on this podcast. Don't listen with little ones if you don't want them to hear potty words. Each of the next podcasts will include discussions on what I'm sewing, what I'm reading, what I'm learning, where I'm going, and lots of little tips and tricks and things that you can use in your sewing and vintage and historical clothing. And I finally will end with these buzzworthy notes. Some works that I completed in September, a 1930s nightgown patterned by Eva Dress, two custom-made 1930s French couture dresses for my lovely repeat customer. These dresses were self-drafted from fashion plates. A 1930s beach pajamas for myself, yay, patterned by Slow Made in Germany. A 1930s blue polka dot dress for another one of my lovely repeat customers, patterned by Lady Marlowe. And a late 1940s evening dress with fabulous peplums that were like magic in this pattern. This was a crazy, crazy pattern for the amazing Lark Bahar. Upcoming events right now, I only have one, but I am super duper duper excited about the Avalon Ball in May of 2023. I will be taking my son, my oldest son there for his senior trip. He actually will be just completing his freshman 
freshman year in college, but this was when the timing worked out for us. So we'll be going in May and we're super excited about it. And there'll be lots of fun planning. So if you want to see some of the planning, join our patron because that's where all of the planning and pictures and all of that is going to be happening. I will have links from today's podcast along with links for the patterns that I just mentioned above and other fun stuff. Thank you for joining. And I hope that you will tune in again in October and for all of my future podcasts. If you would like to write to me about today's podcast or anything else, please do. I love to get listener mail at bespokevintage at gmail.com. That's B, like the little honeybee, spokevintage at gmail.com. You can also visit me on the web at www.bespokevintage.com, where you will find pictures of past makes, details on all my services, including commissioning custom makes, my vintage pattern lookbook with literally hundreds of vintage patterns, And of course, you can find me on all the socials at Bespoke Vintage. If you'd like to become a patron, please check it out at patreon.com slash bespoke vintage. See you next time on the Bespoke Buzz.